For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Thinking of starting a podcast? We'll try Anchor. It's free, easy to use, and its creation tools allow you to record and edit directly from your phone or computer. It'll even take care of distribution for you with a single tap so you can be heard on platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Also, Anchor is the only place you can publish video podcasts directly to Spotify. Man, you can even make money using Anchor in a couple of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. It's truly everything you need in one place to make a podcast. So make sure to go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome to another edition of the It's Cavalier podcast. As always, it's your boy, Mac. Joining me today, my friend, my co-host, you know him well, Corey Walsh of For the Sword. Corey, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing all right. I'm like Dylan Windler. My knees are all right. So, you know, our ankle. Sorry, <laughs> sorry Dylan. <laughs> but, uh, you know. That's fired. Yeah, well, you know, I we, we want Dylan to do well, but obviously his body does not. <laughs> Look, man. We, we haven't recorded together in a little bit of time. And since we have, uh, since we last recorded, the Cavs have gone on a bit of a slump. I mean, some say coincidence. <laughs> slump for sure. Lost to the Clippers, lost to the Kings, lost to the Warriors, lost to the Timberwolves. But you know what, man? Like all Cavs podcasts right now, all just really the Cavs community in particular is just focusing and honing in on this slump and this shit is depressing me so i can't i i don't want to start off today's episode like that and i certainly i I think we can just gloss right over this just focus hence the the hence the the title of tonight's episode refocus we 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 need to really look ahead now it's early in the season i could point the finger at a b or c for any given reason why the Cavs have gone on this recent four game slide after such a beautiful start to the season but I don't even want to focus on that, man. I, I really want to refocus on what the Cavs need to do moving forward. And that starts with a big-time matchup against the Milwaukee Bucks in a few hours. So, Corey, let me know. Like, just start us off here. What is the first thing the Cavs really need to aim to do tonight to put themselves in a position to win? I think defensively things need to kind of shore up. Um, I think this team has been getting a little lax on the defensive front, maybe at several points in the game. I, w- I wouldn't even say in the fourth quarter, which is where all their struggles have been. I think that's more of an offensive thing. But defensively, for sure. I mean, yeah, it's hard to kind of rebuild your defense without having one of your two main focal points and Jared Allen being out. But <clears throat> The DJB is known for his defensive tactics, and we certainly have bodies that could help the effort on defense. All it takes is a lot of effort from a lot of guys to do that, and we've been seeing throughout the beginning of the season that there has been a lot of effort from this team. 
But I think as you just keep built mounting this streak, you start kind of being like, well, maybe, you know, over this good, I don't need to try that hard. Maybe I can just save up a little more of my energy to do better on the offensive end. And as we saw in that Timberwolves game, the defense in that game was abysmal through three quarters, only to be saved by Darius's heroic slash better, much better defensive effort in uh, the fourth quarter. But yeah, when it comes to Milwaukee is just a wrecking ball on both sides of the ball. So if we can just shore up our woes, that will give us as good of a chance as anything against Milwaukee. I think that's going to be a difficult task, you know, and Milwaukee has injury issues of their own. I mean, I'm just sitting here looking at this injury report for both teams and really the Cavs, while we've really been dealing with a lot ourselves, it's not unlike Milwaukee ain't dealing with some shit too. I mean, they're still without Joe Ingles. They have, they don't have Chris Middleton right now, Pat Connaughton, Wes Matthews, and you have a slew of guys here that are also listed, you know, as possibly game time decisions and uh, Drew Holiday, Pat Connaughton, Grayson Allen. Um, they have their own stuff to deal with, but they're still going to be quite the formidable team considering, you know, what Cleveland is dealing with in their own right. You look here automatically, Jared Allen, as you referenced, has, you know, that that's a big time loss to our defense. And you've seen that play out over the course of these last few losses. I mean, when you're talking about uh, Evan Mobley having to step up and and really may in that five spot against the likes of a Carl Anthony Towns, uh, who who's I mean one of the best bigs in the game. I mean that's that's a tough matchup for anybody, let alone a player who's still growing, still putting on muscle, and really is not used to being a full time center. Uh, really more of a power forward than anything right now. Uh, there's just too many of these instances in which Evan Mobley just doesn't look to have the physicality yet to, to really be a true center. And if he never becomes one, I'm okay with that. But I say all that to say that Jared Allen it's obvious is his defensive tenacity is missed right now. So, I mean, and that just kind of plays into, uh, the line of thought that the Cavs, man, for better or worse, over these last two seasons have had some just terrible injury luck. I mean, you had the the Colin injury last season, early last season after 11 games. Rubio, Dylan dealt with injuries. Jared Allen had long stretches, especially to close out the season. You had Evan Mobley miss his fair share of games. Uh, you know, Lowry Markkinen. It, there's just so many things that you can point to in regards to injury standpoint from – you know, just if you're trying to put an excuse out there, but this season has been, you know, it, it hasn't been as much of a stinger in that regard. It's still been, still been pretty woeful in that regard. And I mean, you just look at this list of players here. I mean, Darius Garland obviously had that that stretch to begin the season after the uh, the Gary Trent Jr. <laughs> infamous eye gouge. <laughs> yeah. uh, wash your hands, man. Uh, I will. There's <laughs> <laughs> Garland has missed six games. Donovan Mitchell has missed two. And did you say he was going to play tonight? Uh, I've been seeing reports that he's probably going to play. So they've been hinting that the lineup's going to be Darius, uh, Karis, Donovan, uh, Lamar Stevens, and Mobley. Okay. Yeah. So then you have Jared Allen, who has missed two games already and is likely to miss tonight, if I'm not mistaken. Wade has missed two games. Oh, uh, Dylan Prince. Windler. <laughs> Dylan Windler has been out all season. <sighs> God damn you, Dylan. <laughs> just, 
I I want to root for Dylan so so bad, but, but his body uh, does not. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, and so you know you have a little bit more insight on that. I I haven't been able to keep up with everything in regards to that that shot that he got. But uh, what what exactly is going on with Dylan Wilmer right now? Uh. The normal (laughs) (laughs) Dylan Windler obviously like has some kind of deal with the devil and he just got shafted in the deal where it's like, you'll make it to the NBA, but you'll never play a game while you're there. (laughs) And he's like, Oh, okay. You know, that's cool. It'd be nice to play. Uh, yeah. Dylan Windler. Uh, I think, you know, I'm no expert with insiders knowledge on the Cavs, but I'm just going to go out on the limb and say Dylan Windler probably won't be a Cavalier next year. Just a hot take of mine, (laughs) but uh, he also might not be an active NBA player due to his body as well. Which is sad. I mean, obviously you can't write the whole story on Dylan Windler right now. I mean, obviously the dude is still tremendously talented, at least allegedly. Yes. In a theoretical (laughs) sense he's still got the size we've seen what he can do when he's actually healthy when he's actually confident and it's not like he's old i mean it's only 26 it's it's not over but it, it might be over with the Cavs here uh you know after some after some time after this season uh, i'm sure but, he'll go wherever john b line is <laughs> uh but for those of you who haven't seen uh via chris fedor um dylan Wendler needed a uh prp injection in his ankle apparently and four to I six no- week timetable yes so it's it's going to prolong his season debut if that ever happens i mean <laughs> uh but it just goes to show like it's just another case of a player who who has talent but his body is just not working with him um and then you go down the list here to ricky rubio who we're just waiting and anticipating on when his debut is going to be and that's going to throw away an entirely different type of um um thing into the equation in regards to who plays and who doesn't play uh when everybody is healthy there's just there's a lot to to figure out here but this this early season injury type of thing that that continuously happens for the Cavs is just not making me feel good and and i'm trying to remain positive as we usually do here um because we don't really deal in negativity all that much but it's it becomes increasingly difficult to do so when you see so many of these guys miss time uh, at at certain points. And one of the things that I keep seeing, and I've seen a lot today, especially after I asked a specific question on Cavs Twitter, is what the hell is going on in regards to people's opinions in regards to JB Bickerstaff? Because after each loss, it's fire this dude, let him out. Somebody else needs to replace him. JB doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Look, I get it. JB is and has been a problem in regards to specific things, but JB is not the problem. He is not the reason the Cavs are losing. He's not helping them in regards to certain things like the rotation, which, you know, we'll get to here in a minute, but he is not the the biggest problem here that we're dealing with and he can't help guys being injured though. He is indirectly responsible for some of these, in my opinion. I mean, you can't, and I know that that might be, maybe I'm, maybe I'm out here going a little too hard on the guy, but listen, anytime you're talking about, you know, your star acquisition that you just got this, this off season, Donovan Mitchell playing 39.1 minutes per game. I mean, Jesus, 
39 plus minutes per game to start this season when you have you you do have significant um you know bench talent behind him it to me is mind-boggling so him you know being hampered by injuries early that is a direct result not necessarily of jb saying oh you need to get your ass out there um it's not him being directly responsible for the injury because he doesn't control that obviously but he is indirectly responsible for putting him out there so long and exposing him to potential injury and that just more and more seems to be the case as JB has often opted to go with an eight-man rotation, which I cannot I, – I just can't fathom right now with the amount of talent on this roster. So I'm rambling here, man, but I got to ask you, there is a question in here. <laughs> what is, what, what's going on with JB? What does JB need to do to, 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 to reinstill some, some confidence in his abilities as a coach moving forward? Like what, what can he do? I have no loss of confidence in JB Bickerstaff's ability to coach. Unlike the majority of Cavs Twitter, I'm not ready to put his head on a spike and just call the season <laughs> over. Um, I, think, I think it's just really dumb to look at. If you just take a step back and look at all the factors in which this losing streak occurred. I mean, it was a West Coast trip constantly playing back to back to back games in the West coast, no home games with injuries on top of, I think people forget we won against the Lakers in a pretty convincing fashion in the fourth quarter of that game. And we haven't beat the Lakers since like 2010. So let's just take a second and (laughs) admire that for a little bit or LeBron. We haven't beat LeBron since 2010. We've beat the Lakers, but um, also I think a lot of my issues with JB have been, or the Cavs in general have just been, it seems like offensively, we just don't handle ourselves well in the fourth quarter. There's a lot of time that needed to be had. I said this when this before the season started where we need to let this team gel because it's a lineup that hasn't really played together. This is in the same lineup that played last year. We replace, uh, we get rid of, of Lowry Markinen and basically put Karis Levert and Donovan Mitchell into the starting rotation. We're basically lost our dif- defensive identity with tall ball. And then we're trying to reorient that with two bigs. And one of the two bigs that we rely on defensively is out. So then that throws <laughs> everything. The only reason that Karis Levert at the three makes sense is because we have two seven footers in the back line. But when it turns into a seven footer and Kevin Love slash Lamar Stevens, then you might as well just say, well, fuck it. Our defensive identity is no more. It has to be bombs away because we don't have another Evan Mobley, Jared Allen defensive stallion on the other side of our bench it's rollo who likes to throw up hook shots every two seconds and wouldn't be known for defensive don't diss the hook shot the hook shot is beautiful i'm just saying rollo <laughs> is not going to be known for defensive effort we have a mama diakite who outside of mac my boy, no man. one is hoping he gets more <laughs> minutes oh oh you ain't got to do my boy like that look Preseason was convincing, okay? I remain convinced that Mamadi Diakite can be a rotational player at some point, but he, it certainly didn't look like it in the last Yeah, Thon Maker looked really good in preseason a few years ago, <laughs> so the Cavs too, but... Uh, uh, so did Anthony Bennett in his short time. I uh, just, um, yeah. I don't 
think I think people who are like sitting back be like, oh man, this is all JB's fault. Like this is why we're on the losing streak. It's like, um, no, there's actually like nine factors that are contributing to us losing games. But if you want to just look at the coach, you'd be like, well, it obviously has to be his fault because X, Y, and Z. Because in the fourth quarter, we can't decide who wants to shoot the ball, and Darius is like out of his normal rhythm ninety percent of the time. Then yeah, sure, we can do that. Or we can just sit back, look at the logical answer and just be like, you know what? We did go eight and one in the first nine, but because we are babies and we lost the last three games in a row or four games in a row, then we should probably just say JB's an awful coach because really bad coaches win eight games. In a row. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, it's always a fallback excuse. Like people will always consistently blame JB. I get it. He's like the, the most available scapegoat here. Cause you're not going to say, Oh, there is. Oh, there is. It's your fault that we, we, uh, oh, we were. Because I saw people on Cavs Twitter being like, oh, man, Darius is so overrated. Darius oh, is so bad. I did. I, I'm not going to name names out here because I've already brought enough shame on said individual. Uh, but, yeah, we, we saw that shit. And, obviously, you have to – you know, there's emotions that come with these games, obviously. You see this team get off to such a blistering start at 81. You get Darius Garland back. You're like, oh, shit, this team is about to go on a roll and it doesn't happen because one injuries, two inconsistency, three, you have poor decision-making towards the end of games. So, I mean, it, to, to your point, I mean, the Cavs still with Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland on the court look like a team that is still trying to figure out, Hey, who gets the ball in the clutch? Who's going to be making the baskets when it matters the most? Who is going to have the ball in their hands? And they're still figuring that out. But the problem is that they haven't had their full complement of players to be able to do that. And we you did, saw it. We were, we were thriving. And then when we don't, big shocker, we lose games. Hmm. I wonder why. I can't figure it out. It must be JB. What's the correlation? <laughs> no, just, uh, but seriously, yes, JB is always going to be the scapegoat. And JB does not do himself any favor. That's why I don't think JB is a perfect coach. Do we know if JB is the coach that's going to lead this Cavs team to its next title? I don't know. Who knows? But I do know that you can't always put the brunt of the blame on JB. Because at the end of the day, guess what? News. <laughs> uh, you know, newsflash. JB can't play. On the, you know, he's not on the court. It's what? the players. <laughs> you, you can't expect JB to coach and go out there and win the games. I mean, like, at the end of the day, JB does have to put him, his team into a better position to win. I, that is my, my, one of my lone gripes with him. The other is the rotation itself. Like, dude, there are more than eight players on this roster at any given time. Like, even when injured like this right now, there are more than eight available players. Like, you have to see what you got. Or you're gonna burn some of these dudes out. Like that's just the, the the nature of the beast right now for the Cavs. You do not want Donovan Mitchell playing upwards of 38, 39 minutes a game. You know, you don't want that, especially this early. It's just you have too much talent on this roster, and you really need to evaluate some of these guys before you make a decision on them. Like there, there's other things that we're gonna talk about here, obviously, in regards to the rotation here, but that is that's one of my biggest gripes with him. Um, but I'm not to the point where I want to fire the dude. <laughs> like, uh, Yeah, if that happened, I'd have to question Kobe Altman's sanity. But also, to go back to your point about uh, JB not being a complete coach, there's been non-complete coaches that have won the championship. Uh, right. Mike, Bo- Mike Boonholzer, Milwaukee fans wanted him out 
the season that they won the championship because he's not a perfect coach either. And he usually is honestly terrible in the playoffs, but guess what? They won. So if you're telling me that you want a perfect coach in the NBA, I'm sorry. Eric Spolster is also not going to be released by the Miami Heat anytime soon. So I think we could do just fine with JB. I haven't seen anything that dictates or gives me any sort of reason that JB shouldn't be the coach of this team. But if um, the guy with five followers on Twitter wants to tell me why JB should be fired, then please go ahead. <laughs> Look, the, like, here's the thing. Like, there's a reason why these elite coaches are like almost never available. And it's because when somebody snatches them up, they are not free for long. I mean, the, the, some of the guys out there were at least one of the biggest names I continuously hear when people are echoing this fire JB bullshit is, well, go out and get Quinn Snyder. I don't yeah, want yeah. Quinn Snyder. I'm sorry. Look, I get it. He, his resume does speak for himself. He is a fine coach. But it's not like he didn't have talent around him in Utah, and he didn't exactly accomplish the goal either there. Like, let's see what JB's got. Like, this is the legitimately the first season where there are decent uh, – there's a decent level of expectation on JB. And this, the open, you know, the introductory press conference this season, Cavs Media Day, this is not a make or break season. This is not title contention or bust. But with that being the case, JB does need to make some better decisions and into the fourth quarters of games. He needs to fix his rotations. He needs to play more than eight damn players on any given night. Like I said, are you going to risk a burnout? But we've, we've kind of harped on that for a while. So let's. Let's uh, talk about something that's a little bit more upbeat, and that is Darius Garland's like record-setting performance uh, the other night, even in a loss, you know, 129-124, I believe, to the Minnesota Timberwolves. 51 points is no small feat, and it's something – crossing that 50-point mark is something that very few Cavs have done. You know, you have your LeBrons, your Kyries of the world. Now you got Darius Garland. Um, you know, a, another big name up there. And this is one of those types of performances, even a loss that you can take positives away from. And, you know, even if that's something as simple as saying, hey, Darius Garland set three to four records in that game. I feel legitimately like even though that was just the, the defensive effort in three of three fourths of the game was piss poor. It's like, man. The Cavs really started to clamp down in the fourth quarter. Darius Garland scored a blistering, I think it was, was it 27 points? Yes. He scored 27 of his 51 points in that fourth quarter, which obviously is a Cavs record now. He bested LeBron's record of 23, uh, which he did twice with Cleveland back uh, uh, once with against the Brooklyn Nets and during the, uh, I want to say the 2017 season. And, once during the 2015-2016 campaign versus the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, and then that just really put him into elite company because this season, he's one of only two players to cross that 50-point mark and with the other being Joel Embiid of all fucking people who had to just steal his thunder on the same damn night. Bastard. What a bastard. <laughs> like You had to take all the glory for yourself, uh, Joel. Uh, you know, Philly like, needs a win, though. Their team is in the toilet. At least we have better memories to be had. I feel like we have a brighter future here in Cleveland. Yes, certainly. Um, I don't think that's a a lot uh, a statement that doesn't yield some type of truth or significance to it. But 
Yes, Darius Garland became one of only two players this season to score 50 or more points, with the other being Joel Embiid. He joined LeBron as the only Cavalier to score. Well, he was already one, but he did it for a second time. Um, him and LeBron have scored 20-plus points in the fourth quarter two separate times, and they're the only two players in Cavs history to do that. Um, he also knocked down 10 threes in that game, which he became only the, I want to say, the third Cavalier behind Kyrie Irving, who dropped 11 in his big-time game, and then C.J. Miles, who we had on uh, a little while ago. Um, he joins that trio to to be one of only three different players to knock down 10 threes in any single Cavs game, which was pretty awesome. And even more awesome than that, Corey, even more awesome than that was the fact that this dude in that 27-point outburst that he had in that fourth quarter, he knocked down six threes. That is a Cavaliers record as well. And the funny thing about that, I mean, this is an ever, ever increasingly, you know, affinity for the three ball that we have in today's league. But just to point something out, the previous record holder for that is still on the roster, and that is Kevin Love, who hit five against the New York Knicks just like two weeks ago. Hell yeah. If that doesn't tell you how much this team loves a three ball, uh, I don't know what will. And I mean, that was just a a marvelous thing to see. I mean, regardless of how the game played out, regardless of the final score, I mean, you can take that performance if you're Darius Garland and say, hey, you know what? I don't care if Donald Mitchell's in town. I still got game. Like, I can still play the game of basketball. And we're going to figure this shit out once he comes back. But man, just just tell me how you felt watching that game. For three quarters, I felt nauseous. <laughs> Except for the uh, insanely good halftime show by the Chicago Boys. For those who watched on Bally Sports. Uh, yeah, that was probably the best halftime show we've had in a while. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> side note aside. Um, yeah, the Darius really kind of saved the Cavs bacon. Because I honestly, in the third quarter, was debating whether turning it off. And then in the beginning of the fourth quarter, I was like wait, what's happening here? And then I just kept on watching and Darius just kept on cooking. I mean, he literally was the Cavs offense. I know he scored like 40 points in the fourth quarter, but Darius truly felt like all of them pretty much. I mean, that was, uh, we, we rarely see Darius turn on that switch. I mean, he kind of had to through stretches of last year when the injury started surmounting and it was like, all right, well, I guess it's just Darius and then the Cavaliers, but um, Darius and, then, and the Cavaliers, <laughs> much like last season. <laughs> yeah. Darius kind of felt back at home. He was, there were possessions where he would just bring it up and transition and just pull the three at the beginning of the shot clock. And I was just like, Oh, all right, this is how it's going to be Darius. And it always, it was just refreshing to see him like that again. Cause you can tell with Donovan around, he could, probably feels like he doesn't need to turn that on that often. And it seems like early in the season, the possessions are leaning more towards Donovan in the waning minutes of games, which is totally fine. I mean, Darius at the end of the day will be the guy who probably kickstarts the possessions and Donovan closes them. But it's nice to see that Darius is still capable and willing to do that role that we saw last year. Cause there are people out there worrying that maybe this would just kind of reset what kind of player he's going to be for this team down the road. I mean, obviously, there's an adjustment period that needs to occur, but anybody watching the game of basketball, anybody watching the Cleveland Cavaliers knows what this man can bring to the table. Like, is he a Donovan Mitchell 
type of score when he gets into that zone. We just fucking saw that. 51 points. Can he dish the ball out better than anybody else on this team, including Ricky Rubio, including Kevin Love, who was coming for his job not too long ago? <laughs> uh, man, people were pissed about that tweet. Um, I don't know if you saw that. Uh, but yes, we know that this dude can play like regardless of having Donovan Mitchell in town in your starting lineup, whether or not you're starting Karis LeVert, whether or not Evan Mobley is taking that step, whether or not you have Jared Allen, Darius Garland can still play the game of basketball. He's still the best facilitator among this team. You know, it's just, you have to feel really good about that performance, whether or not it's a win or a loss. And I get it, you know. People like to say there are there's no such thing as moral victories or you shouldn't take too much away from moral victory. But, I mean, that right there, that shit right there, if that didn't make you feel good for Darius Garland moving forward, I don't know what will. Like, he's got a lot to figure out this season in regards to how him and Donovan Mitchell are going to fit next to each other. He's still obviously trying to figure out how to play alongside Karis LeVert, who's in a new role himself. And that's another aspect of this that we'll talk about here in a minute. But... There is still so much to figure out here, but Darius Garland's performance was it, – it had to make some people feel like, hey, whether or not Donovan Mitchell is 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 the lead man now doesn't matter because the, Cal- the Cavs now have two – count them two guys who can go out there and win you a game. Like it's just, it's just as simple as that in my opinion, and this team only has – you know, they, they can only keep going up from here. They they have so much talent. They have so much in, in the way of, of players trying to prove themselves, guys who have chips on their shoulders. It just makes you feel good, man. Like, I don't know. That's 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 my <laughs> biggest takeaway from that performance. How dare you slight Karis Levert like that? We at least have two and a half guys. That Look, I'm not, I'm not saying it like that, but listen, man. It's, no, that Karis LeVert performance was probably the greatest performance we're going to see out of Karis LeVert all year. It, I, I, it, it, from what it was, like, I don't want anybody listening to this right now who might listen to it a little bit later on think I'm shitting on the guy because I'm not. I've really been on Karis LeVert's side <laughs> this whole season when people have been saying, hey, Karis LeVert needs to be traded. I, I mean, even after we traded for him last season, I was kind of sticking up for him. After, mind you, like me and Corey were among some of the leading people saying, hey, we don't want this trade. Karis LeVert is a oft-injured, lesser Colin Sexton, and he has not been that, like at least this season anyways. The, the biggest problem with Karis this season has been his woeful shooting percentages <laughs> from inside the arc. Like, but an absolute flamethrower from the outside. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Like Karis LeVert is shooting 42.4% from three-point range. Now, if you want to go out there on a limb and say, hey, you thought this was what was going to happen when this uh, before the season started, I mean, I would not join you in that. I would not be raising my hand because <laughs> I did not think that Karis LeVert would come out scorching the twine from three-point range, but he's balancing that out with pretty piss-poor shooting from inside the arc, which... You give it, then you take it. (laughs) Exactly. That's what Karis does, and that's what's so mind-boggling about his, at least his scoring. Now, Karis is doing a lot of other things. Like, he's playing above-average defense, in my opinion, and he's facilitating at a career-high rate. Like, that does make me feel good. And I know that's come with some stretches with Karis operating as a point guard, operating as a shooting guard, operating as the three. But it has to make you feel, you know, some kind of way. It has to make you feel good 
in, in some form or fashion that he's actually doing these things. Cause a lot of people, including ourselves at certain points, were questioning whether or not, uh, you know, he could do that consistently. But uh, I do want to talk about a guy here who's finally getting his opportunity. And that's, that's kind of coming. I feel like at the behest of another player and that is Lamar Stevens, Lamar Stevens, man, like so many people, campaign for this dude to get his fair share of time to begin the season and for you know whatever reason i i don't know we just did not get a lot of lamar stevens in the preseason we have not gotten a lot of them this year but it looked pretty good in the last game out 15 points tell me a little bit about how you're feeling about lamar stevens at this point especially considering that he's drawing the start tonight Lamar Stevens is the savior that the Cavs have been waiting for, Mac. (laughs) Yeah, no. But uh, Karis LeVert is kind of what Isaac Okoro should be, but isn't. That's how I would summarize my Lamar Stevens experience. I mean, the dude just, he didn't play for so long into the season. But of course, the minute he showed up, it was almost like he never left from last year. He does the same thing every time he comes out on the court. He'll just play great defense. He'll be very active off ball, which opens up a lot of opportunities for him to cut to the basket and dunk it. He's very aggressive with the ball. He's never shy on possessions. If he has it and he sees a lane, he'll take it no matter what. He had a stretch against Minnesota. I think he scored like six straight points. And I w- then he had like one of his, it looked like he was going to make one of his famous Penn State jumpers where he like <laughs> sprints across the line and pulls up a mid range jumper on the run. And I thought it was going to go in and I was about to erupt. But, you know, uh, not everything could go in for Lamar, unfortunately. So it didn't go in. But uh, I'm very excited to see what he does tonight again with starting minutes. I mean, he's drawing a much tougher task than playing against the Wolves. Uh, he's going to be tasked with trying to help out Evan Mobley against Giannis, probably more likely than not. So that should be interesting for him. Um, I just love what I've been watching so far. He's an obvious spark plug whenever he gets thrown in. The team loves him. It's very obvious that he uh, embodies the culture of the Cavs, despite being one of their players that plays the least, which I kind of find hilarious. But at the same time, um, I've loved it. I would honestly be totally fine sending a Coro down to the G League, letting him reset and letting Lamar get those minutes. That's what I would do when this team's at full strength. But uh, I know there's people out there, cough, cough, Mac, who uh, want Isaac Okoro to get the same amount of minutes, even though he is struggling severely. Uh, man, don't throw me out your bus like that. <laughs> 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 like, hey, two things can be true here. And it's like for me, like Isaac Okoro, obviously, and, I, and I've put out some content on him recently. I still want Isaac to succeed. But we can't be so coy as to say, hey, if another guy is outperforming him or if another guy is just really, truly giving maximum effort. I mean, I am not opposed to Isaac Okoro losing minutes if it's for the betterment of the team. Like, I think Dylan Windler is outperforming Isaac Okoro. <laughs> now we just being disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> now, now we just being disrespectful. Now, look, dude, listen, this right here, I know you guys can probably see this. Uh, this right here is one of my favorite possessions of that game against the Minnesota Timberwolves. And that was... Isaac Okoro picking up D'Angelo Russell for uh, pretty much the length of the court. And then Lamar Stevens coming in for the kill. Like that, that was one of the most beautiful things that I've seen all season from a defensive standpoint. Like, look at this, this guy, they're, they're all over him. 
like, this is hilarious that Mac had this just waiting for me to drop <laughs> a Coros Snyder. And he's like, uh, in case of emergency, push this button. <laughs> Look, man, I had to do that. I had Why don't you pull up an offensive that? possession for a Coro so I can see that? Why Austin are you doing offensive? this? Dude? <laughs> 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 no one out there is doing. doubting if Isaac Okoro can play defense. I never once said the kid could not play defense, but offensively, that kid looks lost. And I'm not, I'm I'm not, not trying to pick on that. I'm not trying to pick on a Coro. I think he needs Sounds to like, like mentally reset because obviously he's two <laughs> in his head right now. That doesn't help. The defenders are basically begging him to shoot. That's enough of a mind fuck within itself <laughs> of Lamar Stevens gets it. He's not thinking twice. He's like, I'm open. All right, let's roll. <laughs> Isaac Coro gets it. He's like, well, I guess I have to shoot because it's the expectation or he's just going to go passive That's and fair. kick it. So I think I it would benefit both sides if he got demoted to the G League for a few games just to try because oh. like let's face it he would do well in the G League <laughs> to score and it would allow him to just reset. I think by the time that that happens, you're likely to have seen the last of Isaac Coro within the rotation, and I say that because Probably. Ricky Rubio, Ricky Rubio is obviously he's going to come back eventually, and That'd he's going great. to get he he's going to get somebody's minutes. Like he he's going to be in the rotation. It's coming for you, how Neto. <laughs> he's gonna get somebody's minutes. You still have Dean Wade. You still got Jetty. These guys are not going away. And if Lamar steps in, and you know, much like he did last season, if he proves to be somebody that you absolutely cannot take off the floor because of the impact that he's making, not only on the defensive end, but he's doing the, some of the small things on offense. It just it pushes a coral further and further back. Like. Do do I think that a stint in the G League could be from the general sense of developing confidence and his three-point shot and driving to the basket? Yeah. But the, one of the things that I do think is that you have a lot of guys here that are vying for minutes and any time missed out, especially at his position, is going to really, really hurt in regards to staying in the rotation. So in regards to Lamar, yes, I'm a big Lamar Stevens fan. I want Lamar to get as many minutes as he can. I just don't know how you can play all of these guys. And if that means that you have to sacrifice Isaac Okoro, <laughs> if we have to throw him, then he has to be the sacrificial lamb of minutes. Baba um, Isaac. And that, but that, that comes with the caveat that it's actually helping the Cavs win. Uh, then yes, I, I think it's I'm, more to help him than it is to help the Cavs. I think the Cavs can with. I'm talking about for me. <laughs> I'm, oh. talking about, I'm talking about for me. Like I'm good if Isaac is if Isaac is being pushed further and further to the back of the rotation, and Lamar Stevens is playing and the Cavs are winning. How the hell can I complain about that? Like it just makes me nitpick. Like I, it makes me look like just a very very um, unappreciative person. If that becomes the case, like if the Cavs start winning games once they return to health and it's not because Isaac and it's a direct result of Isaac Okoro being replaced. How can I be pissed off? If Isaac Okoro is the thing holding the Cavs back, then my God, the Cavs have more issues than, <laughs> <laughs> than I have to worry about. Oh, man. Um, there, there's a lot to figure out here, obviously. And, and, and again, this starts tonight. You know, we, we really do have to refocus on, on what we really need to be paying attention to here. And that is not just wins and losses. That's development. I mean, this team obviously is no longer in, in the rebuilding phase, but they're not quite 
they're not quite contenders just yet as much as we want them to be. Like they're kind of in between. We we think they have the talent this season to contend, and I want to believe that's true. And that could still yield uh, you know results, and that still could be the case. But they're not there yet um, until some of these things are figured out. Um, tonight, you face a very tough Milwaukee Bucks team with the likes of Giannis Antetokounmpo, who can put up. 50 plus points, uh, 40 to 50 plus points on this team if they're not careful. Like, and even if that's the case with the amount of injuries that Milwaukee has, I'm still pretty uh, sold on the idea that the Cavs still have enough here to win. Like, if they play their cards right, I think they have the ability to pull this game out. Corey, I want you to give a prediction for tonight's game. I got to put you on the spot and then I'll give mine. Uh, all right. I'm going to say Cavs 108, Bucks 102. So you're going Cavs win. Okay, I like that, obviously. Look, Give them, I'm going to say Darius is the top scorer. How many points? 26. And then I'm going to say surprise, decent scorer of the game, Karis LeVert. <laughs> is that really a surprise, though? <laughs> He's been, dude he is the most hot and cold player on this team like i knew the minute he dropped 41 i was like all right so he's gonna score like nothing close to that in the next few games combined and sure enough he did the same exact thing hey if he drops that much you know if he if he goes for 20 plus again tonight i'll uh i'll be happy if you get both of those guys you know scoring uh 20 plus and the Cavs win i'll feel pretty good um the real matchup that uh that i'm really paying attention here is potentially Lamar Stevens versus Giannis. Um, (laughs) I don't know who they're going to roll out there. I don't think they're going to opt to put Evan Mobley out there because you're already kind of going small. Uh, But uh, who knows? I mean, anything can happen once you really start rolling these rotations out. But that's the real matchup tonight to watch is Lamar versus Giannis. And the thing that I appreciate most about Lamar is Lamar is always game. Like, I don't care who you're playing him against. It could be LeBron. It could be Kawhi. It could be Paul George, you know, some of the best wings in the game. Uh, Lamar Stevens always comes to play from a defensive standpoint, and anything he gives you on offense is just icing on the cake. All right, so you gave your prediction, what would you say, 108 to 102? Yep. I am going to go 112 to 110. I think this is going to be a pretty high – is one twelve considered a high score in today's NBA? Yeah, it's like okay. an average day at the office. Yeah, I suppose so. Um, I'm gonna go one twelve, one ten Cavs. I think that they went in on a uh, on a game winner by Darius Garland. <laughs> I think this is gonna come down to the last possession. As cliche as that sounds, um, do I think Darius is gonna drop another 50, 50 piece out here? No, <laughs> I think Cora will. They got too much size out there. Um, if Isaac Okoro scores 50 points, I will sell my car. <laughs> if Isaac Okoro sells, uh, if, if Isaac, if Isaac sells my car, I'll score 50 points. <laughs> if he drops a 50 piece out here, I'm, I'll sell my car. On and donate live. it to Corey. Yes. <laughs> Free MacBooks for everybody. Uh Man. No, I think it comes down to uh, I, uh, to Darius Garland scoring on the last possession. Um, it's going to be a tough matchup. I mean, that the size that they have there, even without some of these guys, is pretty tough to overcome. I mean, Giannis is just a uh, there. There really is no archetype for him. I no. mean, 
just absolutely annoying to play against, um, you know, from a defensive standpoint, whether that be real life or 2K. <laughs> 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 ah, man, Cavs have their work cut out for them. Let's hope that they finally get out of this rut that they're in and win their for their first game in the last five. That being said, like we always tell you guys, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can at his Cavalier underscore pod on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and more. If you want to be added to the exclusive, exclusive, <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> we should have bet always on a that. Struggle. We should have bet on that. Yes, and it's it's basically scripted. I mean, like, um, you know, if you want to be added to the exclusive, it's Cavalier Discord chat. You know what to do: leave a rating, leave a review, send a screenshot of said review to it's Cavalier fifty three at gmail.com, and we'll send you an invite. Oh, Corey, I made it through. <laughs> <laughs> thank god <laughs> oh man make sure you guys thumb it up down below drop a subscribe whatever you know we like click that like button yes yes very very common youtube creator stuff <laughs> you guys have no idea how much it helps thanks guys <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right man let's get out of here go calves have a good night go calves For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.